Yes, thank you for tuning in to The Southern Gen. These episodes are really important to me because I get to talk to your average everyday people, people who are chasing their dreams, people who are living their lives, people who are experiencing grief. And today's guest is no one different than that. So for the rest of the season, please know that you're going to get some nuggets, you're going to get some laughs, and you're going to get some fun. But Without further ado, here is episode two for the Southern Gen. Hello, hello, hello. It's Eddie, and I'm excited to be bringing you another episode of the Southern Gent. And during this time, I really want to thank you all for listening. Um, I've received your feedback. I've heard what you wanted to hear. And please know, if you want to be a guest, it's all up to you. Just let me know. I will definitely add you into the rotation because I want you all to be able to say what you need to say. I see y'all statuses on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, y'all videos on TikTok. Let Eddie know if you want to be on the show, okay? Well, without further ado, I do want to introduce my guest for today's episode. I have been admiring this man for a long time. We're Twitter buddies, and actually, he is pretty awesome. I cannot wait for you all to meet him. Without further ado, please give it up for Justin. Woo-hoo-hoo. I need a studio audience. Thank you very much for that amazing introduction. Yeah, so how are you Well, today? I am quite swell. Thank you very much for asking. Um, it just started getting a little cool out. Today is the first day of fall. Okay. So it was... A little muggy this morning, but it seems like right when I went out around noon, I guess uh, Mother Nature realized what time it was and she put on her shoes because, yes, it is definitely fall. Now, there, 60 something degrees. Yeah. And I don't I'm not too fond of that because this is when my sinuses get to acting crazy. And my niece came home with some sinus and allergy issues and I got it from her. And now it's starting back. I just got over it. And it was really cold when I went to see my therapist, but thankfully I saw her and she helped hype me up because this cool weather don't work well with me always wearing my coochie shorts, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, summer is over. We might get another little week, but that's it. It's gone. Oh, this is just a sad reality. I do like fall, though, because I love pea coats and I love my Chelsea boots. Do you have any like favorite fall items or is do you like pumpkin spice like the people? Oh, so you know what? I don't. And I'm from Florida, so it South Florida, so it's very um it's typically muggy all the time. Like it's it's 90 something degrees in December. So the same way a lot of people associate those nice warm like vanilla and pumpkin and all those things, those really don't resonate with me cuz in the heat, it just smells sickly sweet. I'm yeah. kind of getting into it and, and living in Atlanta now, it's still not all that much better. It's still, you know, we, we might get down to the 50s every now and then, but for the most part, it's it's typically hot. It's a little muggy. So I don't love it as much, but I do, um, especially with business, I am making it, you know, I'm trying to get into it for the people. Okay. Yes. Get into it for the people because people do love fall. I am... I guess fall and spring will be my two favorites because it's not too hot, not too cold. Same. It just, yeah, I don't know. This fall, I was not ready for it. I feel like the summer went by too fast. I don't know where I was, but the summer did fly by. Yes. It's just the first couple of weeks of fall, too. The first couple of weeks of each. Especially, like I said, living in a place where it's so temperamental, like Atlanta and Florida, the first couple of weeks are very nice and mellow and calm. But after that, it's like, oh, now it's cold or it's too hot. So I'm going to embrace this and really enjoy it and be happy about it. Yes. Be in the moment. That's what I'm working on in these days. <laughs> so one of the things that I really did admire about you, because you posted recently about your new candle and fragrance company. So I was so excited about that. But you talked a little bit about your um, obstacles in life and how you overcome them to live your dream. And it really reminded me of just some of the work that we have to put in. And it's not just 
being and having our story. It's about reshaping our story. So can you talk to me a little bit about what it was like to embrace the past and live in the moment to get to the place of where you're looking forward to the future? Oh, I really, you know, I I take sort of a cynical approach to it. You know, I, I do believe in giving grace for past experiences and understanding that we all have our our traumas and things that we've worked through but ultimately i realize you know most people don't care about those things especially when it comes to business it's like you you sort of have to push through and a lot of these struggles end up being entirely internal so i internalize a lot of things i try and do my best to reflect on them and and deal with the things that are necessary so that i can be a better version of myself Mm-hmm. But I ultimately try and, you know, just not dwell on things that I don't like. You know, I mentioned to someone else earlier on a call, I wake up every day and approach everything w- from a place of gratitude. Mm. You know, I don't say I have to, even though that may be the first thing that comes into my mind is, oh, I have to go take out the trash or I have to get up early and go walk my dog. I more so think of it as I get to. You know, yes. I get to pour candles today. Yes. I get to go be able to put gas in my car. Yes. I get to be able to buy food from the store. And once you start looking at it like that, even the most mundane things, the most the things that we really don't like doing, once you start saying, I get to, mm-hmm. even if it sounds silly, it's like, oh yeah, I get to take out the trash. But yeah, you do. You have, you were able to buy food last night to be able to have trash so you could take it out. Okay. So coming from that place has really helped shape how I view things now, how I move forward and not allowing past negative experiences, which I believe in and of themselves have still allowed me to shape or allow, have shaped me into who I am now. Mm -hmm. You know, like the quote, you know, we're not who we are in spite of, but because of. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is amazing because gratefulness is my word for this era. So I normally keep a word for the year. And I know I still keep that word, but there are also things that come under those words. So last year was intentionality. By now, I've forgotten my word for 2021 because of all the craziness that has happened. (laughs) But I will have used these quarters and these um, moments to say, what is my word? And gratefulness has been my word for the past at least six months. And I know that you know, that was only a little portion of the year, but there were so many traumatic events that happened even this year to where I've had to like push through and actually take a moment to say, what is it that I'm feeling? Because just like you, I was very solution focused of finding what next or how do I move on from this? And I was not even taking a moment to say, how are you feeling? And I was not checking in and shout out to Michelle Williams. I'm probably going to shout her out a lot this season. But the book really taught me to say, like you, I don't dwell on things, but it taught me to say, how, what is it that I'm feeling in order to move to the next phase? And so being grateful for those moments, being grateful for not even suffering, but grateful for just being able to endure and have that resiliency is what helped shape this comeback I guess you can say and don't call it a comeback but it is a comeback (laughs) really and in essence I believe just like you said that we get to do things and just by changing our words we actually speak those things and as a retired church queen you have power of life and death in your tongue and so I believe even in the natural realm that if you speak something, it may come true. And most times for me, it has. So I'd be careful of what I'd be saying, okay? I mean, I feel like we definitely manifest our reality. Like we completely create the things that we want to, even the things that we don't want, the, the things, we create the things that we talk about. And it's especially things that we don't want to because we focus on them the most. Like, oh, I, I really don't want to, I really hope nobody messes with me, like gets, gets in front of me in traffic today or I hope my boss doesn't have an attitude. And you start manifesting these negative things. And then when they come, you get to be right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us w- just want to be right. We don't really, we don't all necessarily want to be happy. We say we want to be happy, but I think it's more so we want to be right. We want to know that we have predicted this outcome and it happened. And then we get to like dwell in, in our triumph 
even if it means a negative result. You are so correct in that because I am definitely someone who has manifested those things. Even a couple of weeks ago, I was at this um, popular area in Memphis and I was like, oh, I hope I don't see nobody. And what happened? <laughs> I saw like four folks. And so I was like, I knew it. And they felt like I was, now that I think about it, it felt like I was um, congratulating myself for knowing that it was going to happen. And then when I spoke it in, the lady said to me, she was like, now you're going to see everybody. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> and yes, it happened. So I do believe in we put that out there. But another thing that we talked about um, was like the reflection. And so because I have become so re self-reflective, it just makes me um, wonder, like, how do other people or even how do you take a self-reflective approach into some of those situations that may not go as planned? I look at them as, how, what is this teaching me? And how can I respond to this to get the type of end goal that I'm looking for? You know, every, clearly we know everything doesn't work out the way you want to, but I really just, I know that is the more time that I spend dwelling on this negative occurrence that has already happened, that kid is irrevocable, it's there. The more time I spend focusing on that, the less time I have to focus on a solution. How mm -hmm. am I going to get past this? How am I going to overcome this? Like, if you didn't have it while you were worried about it, you're not going to have it continually, continuously worrying about it. So I definitely just focus on like, I'm, I'm very solution oriented. Like, what can we do? How do mm -hmm. we move forward? What's next? And then if there is something that I need to emotionally process behind that, I'll do so after the fact. Mm -hmm. But I try to keep myself in such a, a positive place that I never get so far down that I am just stuck. Yes. That is so me. Because when I think about even my friends who have come to me, and I saw a post about, um, it's not about you if you don't hear from your friends. And I've had many friends. And I've had to categorize that word as well because I started to realize it was like, because you did not get that piece of me that you did receive now when I'm in my moment, I like to isolate and work for a solution. And sometimes I don't need that outward perspective and so that that is why I isolate it and so sometimes people don't understand that journey but I, I do believe that that is a piece of where my self-reflection is coming I used to be apologetic but now I'm very unapologetic about it because if I'm working on my solution I don't have to have everyone's input and for some of those people I will go into complete do not disturb mode and that's literally what has saved a lot of friendships a lot of relationships because I don't, I don't, it's just too many. It's like when you have a relationship and they say too many people in the relationship changes it. I take that into my own life. Too many perspectives in my own life will not get me to where I need to check in with myself and the universe. I, to your point, I completely agree in anyone and everyone doing whatever is necessary for themselves. And I've had a, a very um, specific instance that happened towards me. There was a friend of mine who just, he stopped talking to everybody for months. And it got to the point where, you know, we were worried, like we were all close and we were worried about what was going on with him. And he really just, after he, he started reaching out to people individually, one by one, after that period had passed. And he was saying, you know, you know, this was, I was going through some things and I really had to do this and this was for me. And I, back then I didn't understand or appreciate or really accept it. And still a part of me, realize that it, it should be accepted but more so with a caveat like mm -hmm. just how you as that person may need that time to yourself that other person is equally affected by that or affected mm -hmm. by it in some way totally. so the people that you remove yourself from the people that you had to essentially for, the way i see it is you've gone ghost on me as a friend mm -hmm. so now i'm wondering is it something i did yeah is there something wrong with me right did did i cause this is are are you okay like did i could i have done more and in that, it's not fair to your friends. So granted, you know, the whole world doesn't need to know you're on hiatus. But I do believe like, you know, if you need to go away to handle, what it, handle whatever it is that you need to handle on your own, you also have to be okay with the fact that people may not be there when you come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think it's fair 
for those who do need that space and time to just expect everyone to understand all the time. Exactly. Especially multiple times. I think that is a like, whoa, wait a minute. But what I'm getting better at, what I've learned from my like isolation is to communicate. And so for me, I was not communicating that I needed this space this time because I have been so present for a lot of people. And a, a lot of my friends have also gone through these tough situations. And so I experienced like five deaths in a matter of six days. And so I totally lost all control at that point. And these were monumental people. My grandmother, aunt, I'm sorry, my grandmother, my uncle, my best friend, uh, one of my mentors and another close colleague. So these are people who are heavy influences in my life. So I, I, my world was in a world spin. And when I finally thought about it, I had not told these people in my life that I was just not ready to talk about certain situations. And so I do think that it was unfair of me at that point, or I won't even say unfair. I do think that they deserved that communication for me to say, hey, I'm going to just disappear for a minute. Because at first I was really thinking about checking into an institution because it was that bad. And even before these deaths happened, I was thinking about going. And so at that point I was like, well, they ain't got no choice but to know. But I was not ready to tell people that I was suffering this bad. And it was a reflection that sometimes you people won't know because I was still posting on social media. I was still like present online doing conferences, meetings, virtual stuff. And so I had to remember that I was putting out a, a wrong image of what was going on and people were thinking that I was okay. And I was totally in shambles. And I remember like, in depression i do not take care of myself and hygiene is really important to me and i had not done what i needed hygienically but i still posted a picture online just to have people feel like that i was okay even though i was whoo i was like lindsay lohan britney spears <laughs> like that I, I think even that's why i have green hair now so i literally had to do something to change and i wouldn't cut my hair either so that one pops, and I got a big old head. <laughs> <coughs> See, sorry. Ooh. So now, when I think about like social media online, we do have a lot of things that we talk about, and how the world has shaped, been shaped by social media. So, how has it been for you in your journey? Because you had a time where you weren't even online like that. Yes, I feel like you know my age. I'm not. Definitely. <laughs> I'm not an older person, but I'm about middle age. I'm at 35. So there was, I didn't have Facebook even until about 2010. And even then it was very much like snippets of your life. Like we didn't, it wasn't curated content. Mm -hmm. If we were out somewhere, we might take a couple of pictures, post them a day or so later, however they looked, that's how they looked. We'll tag our friends and we can sort of reminisce in that moment after the fact. So now that everything is so very carefully curated, it's almost like for, I'm, I'm wondering, are people, is the social media version of you a reflection of who you are really mm. in life? Or mm -hmm. are you curating an actual persona, a real life persona to reflect that of what you've put online? And I don't think most people are honest about that. Like if they, in the ones that are, it should probably be really scary. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, you know, most people won't even post a picture of themselves without a haircut. Mm -hmm. Which also means that they won't go outside without a haircut. Everything else will be fine, you know, brushed, but they won't even go outside because they think, oh, what if my followers see me? Yeah. You know, this isn't how I looked in my last post. And right. in a world where you can curate all of your experiences, especially now with the pandemic, you know, people aren't seeing each other as much. So now it's even more relying on social media. Now it's like, oh, this is the only way I see you. So every picture, every interaction is so carefully curated and so staged, it's really hard to know what's actually genuine. I feel like even genuine people can get lost in mm -hmm. putting on for social media. Exactly. And that's exactly where I was. But I, um, one of the things that I do appreciate about social media is just awareness of certain things. 
And so what I have seen online is an influx of people being aware that there are tons of black owned businesses. And so as a black owned business owner, I do think like the social media presence has been phenomenal because I've seen friends now who only support black owned businesses because it's easier to get it because now you see it. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you is like, what, why is it so important to support black owned businesses? It is infinitely important because we up until now didn't have the same level of access. And even now we might have the same level of access and opportunity, but the knowledge behind the generational knowledge, because we're not just missing generational wealth, we're missing generational knowledge. If Mm. I want to start a business today in clothing and fashion, Mm -hmm. I have a wealth of resources from YouTube University, or Mm -hmm. I can ask (laughs) friends or find people online. But there are others that if they want to start a clothing line, they can reach out to one of their family members or close friends and say, hey, so-and-so's already done this. Go chat with him. He's done this successfully. And he can let you know the things that he's done that worked and the things that he's done that didn't. And if you need a little bit of cash to help start this, we've got that as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like more so, much more important than finance, which of course finance is also very important, yeah. the lack thereof, but not having that knowledge of what works and doesn't, but we're still held to those same standards. Right. I just spoke to my friend earlier about how shipping is a big deal. Like even myself, like when I order something, I expect to get it 10 minutes before I click submit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, want, I want it immediately because companies like Amazon have pushed a wave to make us feel like we need, we just want instant gratification on everything. Instant. Right. So it's, it's, you know, but we don't necessarily have the infrastructure to do that. Amazon wasn't always like that. Most, right. most of the time back in the day, you'd order something on Monday and you might get it mid time next week and you right. didn't know exactly. when it was coming. You just, exactly. you'd have to call to ask the, the status of your order. If you could get them on the line. (laughs) Yeah, if you can get them on the line. Now, you know, the larger companies that have have lots of money behind them and lots of knowledge behind them to be able to have systems that get things to you that quickly, we as small business owners, as small black business owners are still held by those same standards. So it's not just about patronizing those that are other black businesses, but, you know, setting a standard as myself, I feel like there's a a minimum threshold or standard of doing business. Mm-hmm. I want to give my clients the same type of service that I would want to receive. And I right. extend grace. Right. If I have a bad experience that I believe just, you know, the, the quality of the product wasn't something that wasn't something I would purchase again. I just, I feel like I just won't purchase from them again. Exactly. I'm, I'm not going to get on a soapbox and say how no one else should, because right. we all know many of, I'm sure everyone listening has eaten at McDonald's at least once. Mm-hmm. And you've had service or your food wasn't right or the, I'm sure the ice cream machine wasn't working, but we still go back. Well. <laughs> you know, and it just becomes a percentage of your overall experiences. You know, we've all been to McDonald's many times. So you have one or two bad experiences out of a dozen. Like, okay, I can let that go. But when it's a small black business owner or a black business owner in general, that one experience could be it. That yeah. could be the only chance that you get. And it's just important because the more you patronize and support and believe in other black businesses, the more can come up, the more others will see, Hey, others are doing it. My friend just bought from them and they had a great experience. Right. Let me, let me go ahead and use them too. I think that is important because just like you said, patronizing is one thing, but another thing that I offer is like business consulting and customer service, all these other things that I've had many, many years of experience in. And some people don't like feedback and I get that. So I will normally just not make a complaint to them, but just say, well, hey, you know, this didn't work out well. And, you know, if you are acceptable of feedback, I can provide that. So it's really more about I want to see black businesses thrive because that's how we build that wealth into becoming bigger than Amazon becoming bigger than Bath and Body Works or H&M. No shade to them. I still love them. So don't be coming to sue me. Okay. But we can have these black owned businesses that are, you know, super large so they can build these uh, capacity to do more. 
So I think it is important to support black businesses. And it's also another reason I also won a Twitter contest, but I did purchase something else of why I supported yours because I love candles and I love body sprays. So please, I want you to tell the people about your business and how they can find it. So um, I started off one day, I, I wasn't chef. I, I still, I still cook. I love food. I love creating different food, catering. And I thought I did, I made the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make. And it was, I had listened to this book called the E-Myth. I won't get that too far into it, but it basically talked about how, a lot of people believe that because they are good at something that they will be good at the business of it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are like, Oh, you make good, your, the cake was really good for Thanksgiving. You should bake cakes. Maybe, you know, once you get into the business of making cakes, you realize that's not really fun for you. That's not, yeah. that's not where your heart is. And I love cooking and I love cooking for other people, but I don't love catering. Mm-hmm. It gives me anxiety to have to pack up my entire kitchen and show up at someone else's home and, and there are plenty of times, even my last event, the last one that I ever planned on taking, I had forgotten something very critical. And I had to have a friend go to my house, Uber the extra supplies to me for 30 minutes away just to be able to complete that. And that's just not a feeling I like. I like to be able to create things in a very calm environment. So recipe designing, consulting, that is more of the lane I would be in with food. But I've always loved fragrances. Um, mm. So that's what brought me into candles. And I quite literally about three months ago just woke up and said, I'm going to make candles. And I knew that there was enough information out there for me to start making candles and, and figure out everything that I didn't know. And I just started watching videos, reading everything I could online, researching, you know, just having as much information as necessary as possible to be able to create a product that I believe is at that minimum, at, at or above that minimum standard. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's Mac and Nosh, which Mac being um, a play on my last name and Nosh, which G-N-O-S-H, which is like a little small bite to eat. So basically like, because a lot of the candles are, have food sense. So there's a sweet potato, there's a creme brulee, there's one named Juicy Fruit. So it sort of plays on that as well. And I just, like I said, I just like the idea of the, bringing a certain level of quality and elegance in a space where people don't necessarily expect it yeah it's not expected people sort of you know you'll get the people in the beginning that are like oh yeah i'm gonna buy from kids my friend i want you to purchase from me because it makes the most sense for you and it's a great product yes and it's a great product if you're not a candle lover i would never want anyone to just buy a candle from me that hates candles and can't stand them no tell tell a friend support me in that way believe in me by letting someone else know but I just want to, you know, I want to make sure that I am in a space to fulfill the need where there is one. I think that is amazing because when I think about Black businesses, I think about what if I wanted to have a business? How would I support people? And not even, how would I want people to support me? And not even thinking about, oh, it's going to take forever because most of the time, the quality of the products from instant places are not even the best. So when people take their time, they put love into it, their passion into it, it just hits different for me. And what I will say is you always have awesome branding. So the names of your fragrances are (laughs) super enjoyable. I got the dot, dot, dot and chill. (laughs) <laughs> and I think I have the bad and bougie spray. So uh, this is it, it's just great. And even when you did have your cakes and stuff, I was like, this is, it looks great. It sounds great. And what I wanted to ask you is, do you have like a marketing background? I do not. Honestly, I feel like a lot of it just comes from necessity. Like one of my campaigns was like, I mean, just having almost nothing as far as to go into marketing monetarily, like a lot back then, and this was just two years ago, people were heavy on using influencer marketing, mm-hmm. which I still believe in work works, but before they were calling it micro influencer marketing, I was like, Hey, let me just reach out to a bunch of people on Twitter and say, who is, will who'll take some of my cake jars and make a shirtless video review of them. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people said, yes. And having 
a bunch of people with various followings. Some of them had as few as double digit followings. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone had more than 10,000. Mm-hmm. But the people online got to see other people that look like them. And there was the constant overlap in what they call a marketing term that I found out after the fact was lookalike markets. Basically, mm-hmm. people that follow people that look like you. And you're constantly seeing them like, oh, I'm seeing these cake jars everywhere. Even if someone didn't like cakes or wouldn't have been on their radar before from someone who had half a million followers, you know, if I'd had some, some celebrity marketing them, they'd be like, oh yeah, I expect a celebrity to market them. That's not a big deal. But these people got to see their friends. People got to see people that they knew enjoying something. And, and it, it gave a buzz. They're like, oh, why is this person eating a cake jar with their shirt off? Okay. Like I don't, <laughs> and I made sure that I was very inclusive, you know, all body types, anyone mm-hmm. who was willing, hey, sure, I will send you some. If you're willing to do it, go ahead. If you get the cakes and feel that you get, get cold feet, that's fine too. Yeah, I think I had about 70% of people actually follow through and it it was just, it was a tactic that worked. And now years later, I see lots of companies that are, that are raving about how they use micro influencers. Yes. It's definitely much more bang for your buck. Even in paying micro influencers, a couple of hundred dollars, some you can even get for $25, $50. Right. Just post your stuff. You know, it's if I get twenty people with a thousand followers to post this, it's much more impactful than getting one person with twenty thousand followers. Okay, and I, as a micro influencer, I do some promos, and most times I don't even post about them on the separate thing because they want it for theirs. But there's a different price for me to post it on mine. Okay, but at the <laughs> same time, I do have a lot of posts that went viral, and it just goes into the play of. Now I have like 46,000 followers on TikTok. So now those 46,000 people will see your product. And even with the shirtless um, guy post, I saw that and I thought about doing it. But then I was like, oh, no, because I was like, oh, a little insecure about it as well, because Twitter is a different place for me. And so I did see your posts, some of your um, guys' posts on Freak Twitter. So think <laughs> about the market that, like you said, has come into play. And what it is, what I want people to understand is if you have a goal or want to do your business, these are average everyday people on my show. Okay. These are not like Jeff Bezos or um, what's the nick- nigga name from Facebook? Oh, um, yeah. Whatever his name is, Zach. Zach. It's not. <laughs> I just it's gave him a name. Zuckerberg, I do yeah, that Mark all Zuckerberg. the time. There we go. I was like, I know, I know it's not that. No, no, Mark. Anyway, so we do not think about how us as everyday people can go into the businesses, and just like you said, some of the things that we are passionate about does not mean that we need to go into that business, and so. When my encouragement comes into folks out there is do what you love, do what makes you happy, and things will come after that. Because I literally am living my dream beyond my wildest thoughts of ever wanting to do it. I'm doing the journalism. I'm doing the public health. I'm doing some political stuff. All these things that I want. And I'm just a regular, average, everyday West Memphian, okay, born and raised in a little bitty city. But there are people who can help. There's like you said, YouTube University and even just asking folks for help, somebody will say yes. Definitely. People want to help you. As long as you're, you're being respectful of their time, people will offer your time. Just reach out and say, hey, you know, there are plenty of times people will say no, they're too busy or they want to charge you for their time and that is even to be respected, but there are yep. lots of people at various levels that will say, hey, you know what? I can take a 10-minute call or I will reach mm-hmm. back out to you. That's definitely what I do. Like, I, with the same way, sometimes I will make a payment because I respect your craft and you say you have, you charge. Okay, cool. No problem. And, but there are a lot of times where I give, um, not even mentorship, but just routine calls, maybe monthly. You want to talk 15, 30 minutes. Okay, cool. No problem. I can find that. But it's really about respecting that person's time. So if you're not serious about it, I would not start reaching out to people. And the thing is, like, I used to, a lot of people look down upon a frown upon the fact that people are charging for their expertise. It's more so just to make sure that you're invested. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of times uh, some people have reached out to me asking for advice or sit down, and then they don't make the call on time, or they don't show up, or they constantly reschedule. And 
had this just been something where I was saying, hey, you know what? The call will be free, but there's a $50 deposit in case you don't show up. Mm. And that that just adds value to it. So we're like, okay, yes, now I'm going to show up because they, a lot of people only value money. And even then, it says a lot about their business acumen and how likely they are to succeed in the business world. Because if your sole motivation is getting a dollar, then you don't need to be starting a new business anyway. Exactly. Because the reason I do charge now is exactly what you said. Because I am such a giving person to where even in workspaces, if I'm getting paid to do a job, I'm going to do put my whole ass into the job, okay? <laughs> and so sometimes that includes giving those um, even pieces of advice that I would normally charge for or consulting. I'll give that to you because I do want to see you succeed. But if you waste my time or if you don't respect my time, don't say waste my time. If you don't respect my time, then that is where, okay, well, look, you know, is 50, 100, whatever it is, then we'll go from there. But um, I definitely want people to make sure that they check out Mac in Nosh. Can you spell it for them again? M-A-C-K-N-G-N-O-S-H. And that's on all social media platforms. Twitter, TikTok, which I'm still learning. Praise. I wish somebody would just send a 12 to 15-year-old child to just come help me. I'll give them my phone. They can do it. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, because TikTok is, that's how I know I'm getting old. I was always (laughs) fine with social media platforms. (laughs) But what people don't realize is like TikTok videos, like, I don't know how deep you've gotten into it, but the filters don't even have names. Yeah, You just have to like sort of scroll through. Yeah, it's a picture of what it's supposed to do. The picture don't even look like what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I felt like some 80-year-old grandmama trying to navigate something. I was like, how you use the TikTok, baby? Well, just I'm telling you, ask me anything. What I will say, a trick on that one is uh, I normally search in the search engine for whatever filter I'm looking for because most times I've seen it and I look at their um, caption. So in their caption, TikTok will automatically generate what filter they've used and post it there. So I've just searched for that filter name and just use the video or use the sound and boom, I don't have to look for it no more. Okay, because you're right. Sense. It really does not correlate with the image at all. <laughs> it's beast up. Yes, but I definitely do a lot of TikToks. Um, mostly re. Mm, what do you call it? Ooh, I do a lot of like voiceovers, so movies, TV shows, even some TikTokers. I do a couple of dances every once in a while. I don't like to dance, but yeah, TikTok <laughs> is my safe. I mean, my favorite place at the moment. Okay. So what's coming up for Justin, Chef Mac, Mac and Nosh? Um, Like I said, I took my very last client for catering that I intend on taking last Saturday. And it felt so liberating. I was like, oh. And I, I, sadly, I not sadly, well, I, I planned my launch to be on the 20th. That's just how things end up falling. But my last client was on the 18th. So I couldn't even do all the preparation I wanted to do and like be really hyped for it because... I still had this client like smack dab in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'd taken all these pre-orders. I had to fulfill them all by Monday. And I had a client that I had to prepare for a Friday and Saturday. So I was just like, oh. But now that that's done, it's like, this is all I'm doing. And it felt so liberating. But it's also <clears throat> crunch time. Because, mm. you know, that initial buzz is worn off. And now it's up to me, as I mentioned to someone before earlier, when it comes to business, it's never the client's fault for not buying your product. You can never blame the client if they don't use you, they don't want to use you, they don't know about you. Right. It's really just a numbers game. Yeah. You know, there's like a thing called conversion. Mm -hmm. If I have 100 people on my website, approximately 3% of them should purchase something. But I have to get 100 people there. Right. And if I can't get 100 people there, that's on me. And it takes work. It does. So now it's really the work. I have... The fall line launching on October 1st. I have four new scents coming to add to the original collection. So yes, by the time everyone is listening to this, they should be able to purchase the fall line as well. Yes. I'm excited for it because the jars look amazing. And then you have your luxury. What do you call it? Is it luxury? The looks line. L-U-X-E. Yes. Yes. I love the jars because I think 
One is like um, the nude. What is it called? Yes, that one is the blush one. So blush. it's like a champagne color, yes. And tell There's... me the dark name too, because I love that one. Obsidian. Obsidian. That is the one that's black with a gold rim. So they all have gold trim around the edge and then on the top there's tiffany blue and there is the pink one which is like a peach pink almost but i love that one entirely there's the monaco vessel which is white on the outside and has a gold rim and there's our largest one the lux room filler which is 26 ounces and that one's just you know that's if you if you when you just have to you want a candle that's gonna last forever Yes. That's what you get. Fill up the entire space. So I want to get something at every price point without sacrificing quality. Exactly. So that's why I have as low as a four ounce candle at $15. Like even the person that just wants to support and just say, hey, I just want to get a candle because I believe in you. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to make the cost of entry right. be in the triple digits. I absolutely love that because like you said, there are prices for everyone. And my next purchase will be one of those room fillers because... Baby, when I get my house, I want every room to smell different. And that's just how I do. I normally go buy candles and it's like routine. So you may have a new routine customer. (laughs) Excellent. Different but complimentary. I I definitely believe in things being... Oh, yes. I don't like staunch differences. (laughs) Yeah, no staunch differences. That absolutely makes my head hurt when I go in somebody's house and your living room smells like lavender and your bathroom smells like musk. I'm like, ah, no. Yeah, yeah that's why I had to, um, because I, I, I don't like a lot of those like really sweet fragrances that, well, like sweet, spicy fragrances that are typically fall. So I've come up with a way with one called Warm Colada where I'm able to like give a pina colada, but I've warmed it up with some vanilla and some other things. So it's it's perfectly suitable for fall. I feel like all of these, you know, people are going to find their year-round scents that they can w- spray and put on anytime. So that's that's part of my um, my mission is to bring something that everyone can love all the time. Awesome. Well, everybody, don't forget to go get those candles and those mists, room, and body. So in our last few minutes, I saw a post that came up on my timeline. And I think it went, you know, pretty viral, I think, <clears throat> about the... Um, pursuing unavailable people and i felt like it resonated with you well because you didn't just retweet it you had a quote on top of it <laughs> oh what did i quote pursuing unavailable people i don't remember what the quote was but what i what i did gather from it was that it hit hit like um gave you a point of awareness or perspective oh yeah it, it definitely did so yeah um this the lack of like basically I think what it boils down to and because there were a few slides, you'll never have to wonder if somebody is interested. Like they will make it abundantly clear if they if they're interested platonically or romantically, you won't have to wonder like oh this person like me that they'll give you your time they'll they'll constantly do things that reassure you, but ultimately we typically know for some reason we feel like we need to be told as well we want to mm. hear words. We mm-hmm. don't want to listen to the or you know follow the cues that are being given put right in front of our faces. We want someone to say, "I don't want to talk to you. I yes. don't. I don't like you like that." And a lot of people aren't emotionally mature enough to do so. So I am definitely like you know, and that goes to the point of in anything, I am not a fan of, and I'm not going to waste my energy on anything or anyone that's not serving me. Because mm-hmm. it takes away from the people and the things that are. If someone is ride or die for me and willing to be there, like if I were upset about my cousin not buying a candle from me, then that means that Eddie, who did purchase a candle from me and who is promoting my business and who retweets me every time he sees it, that's taken away from the support that he's giving me because I'm focused on somebody who who's I'm never going to win over. You're if I do, it's not going to be a. So yeah, I need to. I'm focused on people. I'm I'm here. For who's here for me. Oh, that's exactly my love motto. (laughs) I love people who love me. And so when people, one thing that I don't like is when they see the outward appearance of me, because my masculine and feminine energies kind of like collide. And sometimes they coexist. (laughs) And sometimes it just be a clusterfuck. Okay. 
but they see the outward appearance. But I tweeted about this, I think. The internal me is still a nigga. And sometimes nigga <laughs> is gender and sexual orientation inclusive. I learned from my last boyfriend, like, he got me saying, girl is every part of speech. Girl is gender neutral. Yes. He would use girl as everything. I was like, girl. Like, and it just became a part of my vocabulary. And it's like, some of my, one of my friends, he really didn't like it. He thought I was um, misgendering him on purpose. And now he does it all the time. He's like, yeah, I, I see what you mean now. Like, yeah. It, just, it doesn't have a gender. Yeah, I had to really adopt is. child because it, there were some people who was ready to fight me about girl, okay? And I was like, ah! I don't mean it like that. Or calling somebody a bitch. And I'm like, ah! No! So I have to be able to verbalize it. And then you hear the tone <laughs> through text. People can get it yeah. confused. So I'd be like, well, honey, now look at my jovial text. And now <laughs> you want to focus on that one word? Chill out. But okay, I respect that. Now you yes. just, I'm going to call you by the Yeah, we still have to understand that. But cause, again, it's like, it's not, we don't have the right to tell somebody how they should feel about something. Mm, exactly. So, you know, I may disagree with it. I can, all I can do is explain where I was coming from by using it. And that I meant that I had no malintent, but I can't tell you how you're supposed to feel about it. Exactly. I definitely respect that because intent does not always equal impact. And I'm constantly on this journey with um, learning just differences in myself and in other people, because respect is huge to me because I want you to respect me. And I'm a person that does not particularly care for labels i do it for certain reasons whether it's medical romantic platonic or whatever it is i will adopt certain labels that fit closest to what i am but i'm an experienced baby is what they say <laughs> so when i think about that i accept every pronoun you call me whatever bitch child hoe, whatever because i want you to be able to express yourself with me in your most authentic self and so whatever it is in that moment that you feel, because you may be like, damn nigga, at one moment, and then next thing you know, you're like, oh, girl, that's just how I am. And that's how I want you to be. So normally I encounter people that have these labels and they are important. So when people talk to me, you cannot talk to the next person the same way because you cannot disrespect somebody else because you have a friend like Eddie who doesn't have many labels, but when people have a label or a title, I label to me, when they have a title, you have to respect that. Just like you respect someone with a doctor, you have to say doctor before their name and stuff or after, lawyer, all these people you respect. You but when it comes very, down to our personal selves, you have to respect those things too. You had a whole message and I feel like you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about as soon as I start about how no one can give you permission to say or address someone else by something just because one person okayed it. Just because mm. I mm. told Johnny it was okay or just because Johnny thinks it's okay to use this terminology around this friend does not mean like nobody gives you, nobody can give you a pass okay. to call a whole group of people or to refer to somebody by anything. And the same thing goes within the community. You know, there are Trans people like to be referred can be referred to a certain way, and mm -hmm. there might be trans people who have friends that are like, "Oh, so and so," and by a by a form that's not widely accepted. Mm -hmm. But you know, within that group, you know, they may have been playing with each other since diapers, and that's just something that the two, between the two of them do. Exactly, I mean, it's okay for somebody else that overheard it, and I think that becomes a problem. You know, like I said, even within the community, because I have friends where they'll accept a child from us within the circle. I was like, I don't know you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tanya, uh, we don't know you like that. So we're, we're not, that's that's not okay for you. You didn't get a pass. You know, that might be okay for you and Daryl. That's not okay when you come over here to Justin. You know, take uh -uh. get over there. Yeah. And then think about it. I am very apologetic when people overhear it because there have been times where, you know, I may say it to my friend and then I'm like, oh my God, I forgot we in public. And then I'll be like, you know, I'm sorry because I did say a word on Sunday. And I was like, oh, Lord, I didn't mean to. But it came out so fast because that bitch had pissed me off. <laughs> and so the thing is, you'll be policed by people not even a part of a group quicker than the people in the group. Oh, yeah. There'll be people who say, oh, you can't say that. I'm like, hold up. Hold up now. 
I get that, but coming from a place of of scolding me is never going to, you know, get the response that you're looking for. Like I can understand when I'm wrong, but it's almost never the people that are a part of a marginalized group that are that are sort of having the biggest impact behind it. So like yeah. I, I'm very mindful of being inclusive and making sure that I'm being very respectful at all times. But there is a way, especially for those who don't know, like is just because I'm a part of the community doesn't mean mm-hmm. I understand everything about the community. My exactly. friends are like, what, is, what does that letter mean after that? It's like, I, exactly. up until like six months ago, a year ago, after the queue, I was lost. Uh, and and I think I was people... wrong. When no. someone said the IA, I didn't know. And it's like, I, you know, I just didn't, you know, educate me, let me know. Right. But just because you're here doesn't mean you subscribe to and know everything that's involved. It's just, it's not possible to, like, I don't know what every flag means. I found out that there was a flag for everything for bears everything and i was like i, I have no idea what this means i don't, I I don't feel like know this is a microaggression to... anyway like it no, is just because i'm a part of the community does not mean <laughs> i know everything and now i still don't and i work in the community full time i'm a public health like advisor so i'm still confused on a lot but i ask questions and so in response to that i tell people you get more flies with hunting because you badgering or scolding someone kind of turns them off. And yeah, so them, closes them off. Yeah. And for me, I don't scold people because if you, unless you come from a disrespectful way. Okay. But if you just genuinely don't know, or you're not aware, I'll be like, okay, look, you know, this is, you know, blah, 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 blah. Instead of coming, beating you upside the head. I learned the term homo flexible last year. And I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. That's interesting. Like I just really did not know when I, when they said it, I really did not know if the person was joking or not. But then I realized the context of it. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. And then I had to try to figure out and ask, why is this different or how is this different than that? It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm a student yeah. always. If I ask the question, I genuinely want to know because the more aware I am, the more aware I can be for somebody else, whether it's a client, a customer a friend or whoever else it is so i just like to know a lot of shit okay so excuse me for asking questions i still cringe when i hear and see on surveys or when people ask like last night i did a covid survey on the phone and she said what's your sex and i was just like oh girl don't you know you're not supposed to be saying it like that yeah but the funny thing was it's like she asked are you male or female and then she went on to ask, are you gender non-conforming or non-binary? And I was like, you ask these questions out of order, girl. Yes. Like, yes. you really, like, whoever was posing, and you could tell that's how you know there's not the right people on the team, too, mm-hmm. to be able mm-hmm. to pose this. Because, you know, it still is it's mind-boggling to me. We still have, as, as inclusive as we are, we still have best male and best female for uh awards category yes like what do you do when there's a transgender person there and there are and they're like you know again if if sam smith if they were to win an award in something like does sam smith really wants to be put into this group right exactly so <laughs> you are do they exactly want to right. be categorized as the best like he might, they might, might be like, no you know what this isn't how i identify so I, I i still i feel like it's interesting that we have it by this year at least in 2021 have come to a point where you know, their gender non-conforming groups. But then again, it's like, now that creates even more separation and dissent. Mm-hmm. And they just don't know what to do. It's like, oh, we've always had male and female. We've always said it that way. We've always put gender and sex to be the same thing, to be inter... You know the word I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be the same word. But now it's not. And there's so many people that don't identify that way. So what do you do? And I'm sure if they get an award, they're going to go up there and they'll accept it, even if it's in a category for a gender that they don't identify. Exactly. Because, you know, they're, they're baby steps. You got to. It's also, it's, it's, they have that, that right to do so too. They have the, um, the agency to do so. You know, I looked at, um, uh, not to take, go too long, but like I watched this show earlier, this clip where Jada Pinkett was talking about how she went with Tiffany Haddish and she had a group on. And she had no idea what a Groupon was. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I got this Groupon to go to this um, to this swamp tour. And they thought it meant that she had a, a ticket for a boat, like a privately chartered boat. <laughs> 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 and it was like, she's like, oh, you had no idea what a Groupon was. And that's just like, 
as as down as she is, and like as much as she's known, like you know, she's so far removed. Yeah, from, like Jada Pinkett and Will Smith, they're so far removed from this that they didn't even know what a Groupon was. Exactly. And I'm a Grouponer, okay? Tiffany's <laughs> <laughs> like, in my $20? She's like, I got Will Smith with me, and we have all these people on a swamp tour. <laughs> like, I mean, Jada is a, is a force and, a, and well-known within her own right, but of course, Will is definitely much more well-known and much more recognizable. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Will Smith is on a swamp tour on a Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's all, and it's all because... Jada just didn't know what a Groupon was. She just assumed that it meant this woman had a private, <laughs> a private boat because they can't, they can't imagine anything else. They can imagine having friends that would go somewhere with normal people. I am hollering. Yeah. yeah so I that... will send you the video. That was hilarious. And I saw that on TikTok this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy when I have these moments like Tiffany Haddish to kind of not bring them people home, but bring them home, okay? Because don't forget, now you're just in a different age <laughs> in, in the time. So you can still be far removed, but not know where and but still know where home is. Removed. But still, honey, those there are a lot of people even within our average everyday circles who have to be brought back home, too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think it was Ellen and Oprah Winfrey, they did this whole question thing where they were talking about the last time they went into a bank or had a debit card. They don't know what this stuff looks like. Right. They don't know what it's like to go into a bank. And so elitist to me is sometimes, and I'd be like, you not realize you can make people feel bad about this. You'll make me feel bad, but there are people that can. And that's why you don't have, like, they just typically don't have friends like that because, you know, one of my bosses, it sounded elitist at the time, but it was very true, I feel. Mm-hmm. You never really have more money than your five best friends. Mm. If you if you're making a million dollars a year and I'm making thirty thousand dollars a year, what the hell are we gonna do? Like <laughs> right. eventually, like you know, I, I'm planning my vacations, and the, there was this TikTok where these people were talking about you know the, the group of friends and like how much money they're willing to spend on trips. Some are willing to spend as much as a hundred thousand dollars for a weekend. Yeah. How does a third? How does a person making thirty thousand dollars a year do that? So you just don't end up, you end up not being a part of that group more and more. Yeah. You're so far removed from it. And it's not that anybody is really materialistic or mm-hmm. intentionally elitist. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're just doing things that come natural to them and you can't afford to. You can't exactly. Afford to, you can't afford to go five ways on a private jet. Oh, no, no. You, you have to be to. very mindful of where you are. And so there are times where I have like taken people on like trips and stuff. But I think it was Sarah Jakes that always talks about this. But somebody said it before her. Um, everybody won't grow with you. And so it's not leaving people behind. And there are some people who I will pay for, like, out of my own pocket if I want them to come. But not everybody will go with you. And Oprah said it. Not everybody can take the limo with you. And you don't want everybody in the limo with you because you want somebody to ride on the bus with you when the limo break down. So it's just being mindful of who's in your circle. Exactly. Being able to curate your circle. And uh, sadly, but un- uh, understandably enough, it's definitely defined by money and someone's willingness. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, like I said, I don't really know anybody making seven, eight figures. Like most of them don't have friends, barely above the poverty line. It's like, what do you have in common? Like, what can you, you know, how do you guys relate to each other long term? Yeah. Unless you guys grew up together, how do you continually continuously relate to each other i always tell people like i do not care about all these like big things i don't care to be famous but some of my friends are always like i'm ready to be your melissa to your rihanna <laughs> and i'm like girl come on best friend let's get you on yeah, like, yeah i don't need to be notarized like i just want the money <laughs> i don't need to be, <laughs> i want to be able to go places like beyonce can't really go anywhere yeah i want to be able to go places like me too I saw some of the documentaries and one of the movies about Michael Jackson. Like, I can't imagine what it's like to just know that you can't go anywhere. Right. I love you Target. You literally can't go. Can't pick your own groceries. Uh-uh. I want to do that. Okay. I want to live an average everyday life. Yeah. I just want to be regular wealthy. <laughs> yes. I want that background money. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't nobody know what, um, what's his name? I mean, the guy that co-invented uh, Twitter. I can't Jack. think of his name right now. Yes, Jack Dorsey. 
we would just think he's some other white dude. <laughs> like right. 95% of us, especially us as black folks, we just, oh, even if white people don't like, is that? Because, you know, he, you know, it's already that when we see celebrities, they don't really seem like celebrities to us, but especially when they don't look like us, we're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's just some, that's just some scruffy white dude. Exactly. The inventors of Google, we don't know them. So like, you know, I might recognize Elon Musk or um, Jeff Bezos. That's <laughs> they, about it. They do a lot. <laughs> yeah, they do a lot. People in that, and in, then I have to, I do have to be wrapping up another call. But um, Elon Musk, people think that he invented Tesla. He co-founded Tesla. He is the fourth CEO of Tesla. He did not found Tesla. <laughs> he was just the most notable CEO of Tesla. Yeah. So that's um, one of those fun facts that we just don't, you know, you, you tell a story one way or you let lead people to believe a story long enough one way, they just assume that that's the fact and that's the way it is. You taught me something today and you have actually taught me a lot. So I am so grateful for you being on the Southern Gen. I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And please, one more time, give them the website. Yes. Macintosh, M-A-C-K-N-G-N-O-S-H.com. And that is the same for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Tickety talk. Yeah, so I would definitely be doing a full review. I'm going to do unboxing and everything since I won the Twitter contest. I told y'all I'm extra. But don't forget to follow me on all social media platforms. You got Eddie Weddy. You got Eddie W Live, The Eddie W. Sometimes I don't know where they fit in those different places, but you can search for all of them. You'll figure it out. And if you want to be on the show, don't forget to email me at igobyeddie at gmail.com or hit me up on social media. Well, I'm so grateful for y'all listening and check me out next week. Ciao. Ciao.